Welcome to Melanated Homeschoology, the podcast where we're going to talk about all things parenting and homeschooling. I'm your host, Alfreya, and today with my special guest, Jamia Jones, we're going to be talking about... Welcome, Jamia, to the show. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. You're welcome. It's a pleasure, and I am super excited to talk to you. So we will just jump right on in. I like to start every show with breaking the ice by doing a quick game of what would you rather. It's just a fun way to start the show before we jump right into the heart of the chat. You down? You want to play? Let's do it. All right, let's go. Would you rather be 10 minutes late or 20 minutes early? 20 minutes early. 20 minutes early? Okay, well, you can hold the door for me when I get there because I'm just going to probably be 10 minutes late. So glad to know you'll already be there when we get there. All right. Would you rather be the first person to explore a planet or the inventor of a drug that cures a deadly disease? The inventor of a drug that cures a deadly disease. All right. And last question. Would you rather go back to age five, knowing what you know now, or go to the future to see what you're going to learn? That's a tricky one. I would go to the future because I feel like if I go back to my past and change anything, I won't get to meet the people that I've met. Makes sense. Okay, okay. Well, see, that was fun. So we'll hop right into our chat. And I'm going to start with a, with a pretty tough question. Do you think that there's an age that's too early to start talking about money with kids? Absolutely not. I feel like teaching children about money should be as common nature as teaching them their ABCs and their numbers. When A baby is born instantly. We're singing songs to them. We're showing them colors. We're counting to 10. We're even incorporating other languages. And I feel like money concepts should be a part of that early introduction as well. I agree. And I recently saw a post that you made when you said that teaching financial literacy is as simple as just incorporating vocabulary in daily life, like when you're at the grocery store or the bank. So what are some ways that people can incorporate some of these lessons in everyday life? It can be in the grocery store, for example, comparison shopping, Because sometimes you'll see, oh, well, this item's only a dollar. Well, this item costs maybe $250, but breaking it down and comparing the ounces for the amount of the price for older children, it could be helping um, count change at the store when you get back. It could be pointing out a bank or a credit union and what they do when going through the drive-through. I talked about the drive-through recently and not just giving your kid the lollipop, but explaining (laughs) Mom or dad just made a withdrawal. And what that means is we took Mm -hmm. money out of our account. So in just everyday life, when you're online shopping with Amazon, I found with technology today, kids don't always understand that there's money associated with that card. So explaining Mm -hmm. that things cost money, giving them budgets, giving them goals. I was thinking about it as I was washing dishes 
today I'm going on vacation with my foster daughter this week and I plan on giving her a set amount of money for vacation and letting her know you have to budget this. There are things that I'm not going to pay for. So putting the money in their hands as well to help them to budget better because as you know as a parent they can spend their money real easy <laughs> but when oh, it comes yeah. to their own they uh, will be a little more reserved with that and learn that lesson faster yes um i have a 12 year old and he gets he gets money he works for me actually he works for the magazine so he wanted to earn some extra money and i say hey you know you do some tasks you earn some money but he conveniently leaves his wallet at home every time we go somewhere <laughs> but he has money and he just he he won't part with it so maybe i taught him too well how to save so i have to go back and, and revisit some lessons there First we started out real cool Taking me places I ain't never been But now you're getting comfortable Ain't doing those things you did no more You're slowly making me pay for things Your money should be handling I'll pay my bills What are some tips that you would give to a person who wants to teach their child about money, but they don't know where to start? So maybe they didn't have like the background where their family taught them about money or they're not really good with managing money. Where can they start? I'm a big proponent of books to help teach all sorts of lessons, especially those you may not be comfortable with as a parent. So finding books out there that teach those money concepts and reading them with the child. And then that way you're learning with them. So there isn't as much pressure to have all of the answers. Because that is a lot of pressure, especially coming from like I can share my experience just briefly. When I grew up or when my mom grew up, her parents didn't talk about money. So when she was raising me, she tried to show me how to manage a checkbook and things like that. So now that I have my children, I'm transparent with them. And I think that that's important too, to be transparent with your kids and let them understand like things cost money because this generation, like you said, they see things and we're buying things online, but they don't make that connection. So you just have to really be honest and talk with them. So I think that's important. Very important. The honesty and transparency and teaching your kids from your mistakes is a big one because they may think, oh, mom and dad have it all together. But when you invite them in to have that conversation and explain to them, I didn't learn this as a kid and I want you to learn it. And so that's why I feel like it's important so that you can be further along when you're an adult. One of the things to taking control of your finances is the B word budget or as you call it, a spending plan. If you had to give our listeners the bare bone explanation of how to set up a budget, what would you say to them? Super simple. There are two parts to a budget or a spending plan, and that's income and expenses. So it starts with knowing how much money that you make and that it requires us to pull out those pay stubs, log on online and jot down how much we're making. And then looking at, of course, the taxes that come out, 
and then noting all of the expenses and subtracting the expenses from the income and seeing how much money you have left over. Now, I am going to challenge all of the listeners to use their credit card and checking account statements when making this list, because sometimes we think we only spend a certain amount of money when in actuality, it's a whole lot larger in some cases. So going through with a pen and a highlighter and marking everything that's groceries, marking everything that's eating out, marking everything that's a a subscription for some type of TV or movie or radio service or video game service and adding that all up and then taking it a step further and even keeping receipts. Because if you're anything like those busy moms and dads out there who may buy a bunch of stuff at one place, whether it's Walmart or Amazon, you don't know what category things fall in. You could have bought a tire for the bike. You could have bought some broccoli. So keeping those receipts and then breaking down even that from your purchases, you know, Target's a big one. Everyone likes to take breaks at Target and just walk around and you may pick up something for the kids. You might pick up some perfume. So categorizing every little thing and then saying, yes, I'm good with that or no, I'm not. And then making those adjustments that way. So that's the best way to start is tracking your expenses and then making a list of all of your debt, the minimum monthly payment for all of them, um, also interest rates and terms, but that's another conversation. And then your savings, because savings is an expense that most people don't realize. You want to calculate savings just like you would your electric bill. So that can be subtracted out from your income. I find that using a debit card makes it really difficult for me to keep up with the expenses because it's so easy to just swipe, 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 swipe. So do you recommend like use of cash instead of using debit cards if possible? It depends on the person. Um, If you are working on being more disciplined with spending, that is a great option is to use cash or what is known as the envelope method or the paperclip method where you will take color-coded paperclips or different envelopes and label them what they're for. And once you know how much you're spending and you set limits for yourself, that can be a way to challenge yourself. Um, Because using a debit card requires you to be really organized with keeping a spreadsheet if you're trying to stick to certain limits. But yes, I do recommend cash if someone needs to um, structure themselves. Another way to do it is doing prepaid cards um, to get ones that don't have any any fees associated with them. And then you can have a prepaid card for gas, a prepaid card for groceries, a prepaid card for eating out. So you still have the convenience of of swiping, but you get those limits because you can only spend which you put on the card. That is what I recommend a lot of times for couples when I do counseling is to have a household account where all of the bills come out of the household account. So you make sure all that stuff gets paid. But then for your personal spending to have a certain amount of money to go to a separate account or, you know, a prepaid card. And then that's your stipend for the two week period or the month, however your family does it. And then once that money's gone, it's gone. You can't pull anything from the household account unless there's an emergency. That is a fantastic idea. I never would have thought to use a prepaid card because I do like the convenience of swiping. And I find that if I carry cash, some people say that cash works well for them. But for me, if I carry cash, I seem like I spend it quicker. 
And once that $20 is broken, that's it. It's gone. So that's a good idea. I have to try that one out. Thank you. You're welcome. Let me know how it works out. Actually, you're the opposite of most people. Most people are less likely to spend cash because of the emotion of having to release it. And Mm -hmm. so the way our brain works is when we touch that money, once we do break that 20, we're like, oh my goodness, it's broken. And I only have these few pieces, few pieces left. So most people have a harder time letting those last few dollars go. But then some people, they, they don't care. They're like, okay, I'll spend it. Like my foster daughter, she will spend her allowance down to the last penny. (laughs) Literally. That's me. That's me. I have to do better. So I have to get with you later on because I have to do better. Tell us about your book, Pennies for Piggy. So Pennies for Piggy is a book about a little girl who's turning six years old. Her name is Leah. She receives a purple piggy bank wearing a white tutu from her grandparents for her birthday. They include a note encouraging her to save 10 pennies for every dollar that she receives. So essentially, the book is about the lesson of saving 10% of all the money that you earn or receive. Awesome. Awesome. And where can people find your book? My book is available on my website, which is thejamia, T-H-E-J-I-M-I-A.com. I also have a bookstore at bookshop.org. So if you go to bookshop.org backslash shop backslash penny book, you can find my book as well as other books about money for children. And it's available with major retailers and then some independent black owned bookstores as well. So if you look for me on social media, you can see on my Find It Fridays highlight some of the black owned bookstores that are carrying my book. What are some of your favorite resources or tools that parents can use to teach their kids about financial literacy? So depending on your the age of your child, that can vary. Definitely having a piggy bank or some type of money holder for your child so that they can get into the habit of putting their money aside for savings. Having play money as well is a great resource to help them count and practice making change and for coin recognition because nothing's worse than receiving the wrong amount of change but not knowing it's wrong because you haven't learned how how to count or recognize coins yet. So definitely some play money. And then some things for role playing. So the fake cash register and food, so you can have your own grocery store at home, taking toys from their room and setting up a shop with their play money. So all of those things are great resources. In addition to, like I said, books on books on books. I love books. Um, Some of my favorites outside of my book, of course, because my book is my favorite, but outside (laughs) of that, it's going to be The Penny Pot, which is a great book because it has pictures of money in it. The kids can count along. It's a great story. Um, The Coin Counting book is another great resource. The Bear Sing Bears have several books about money. They have um, The Bear Sing Bears Trouble with Money. There's uh, The Bear Sing Bears Get the Gimmies, where 
brother and sister bear want stuff constantly. And so their parents teach them about donating. I feel like that's an important concept for uh, money that kids should know as well, not just spending and saving, but sharing their money as well. And then they have other books about brother and sister getting a checkbook, which people don't use checkbooks anymore, but when the book was written, it was to teach them how to budget. So that's another um, great book. And then for your teenagers, getting them, I would say a debit card. I know some parents are like, oh my gosh, I don't wanna do that. I'm not ready for that. But most financial institutions now that offer teen accounts allow you the ability to put restrictions on that card. I believe that home should be a safe place to make mistakes. Uh, I have met too many young adults who were not giving that opportunity to make mistakes at home. And so they overdraft in their college years and early adult years, or they just don't know how to manage money or budget. And so one of the best Mm -hmm. tools to give your 13, 14 year old, especially once they start earning allowance or they're doing little part-time things like raking the leaves and cutting grass for neighbors, once they're making money, Um, giving them that debit card and helping them bounce back from those mistakes. Um, Also, something as simple as making a spreadsheet or keeping a notebook with older kids so that they can track the money that they're earning and the money that they are spending. Those are all excellent resources because starting early is so important before you get to become an adult who who doesn't know how to manage money, if you are taught as a kid, it becomes second nature. So that is so, so, so important. do have a few more questions for you. Is there anything that we didn't talk about that you'd like our audience to know? Well, I will say opening a savings account for children as early as possible and then teaching them how to bank responsibly is very, very important. With this digital world and so many ways to have money, whether it's on a gift card or a prepaid card, teaching children how to bank with traditional uh, financial institutions is going to be beneficial to the long-term success for them financially. So that when they are ready to purchase their first car or they're ready to get their first credit card, they know how financial institutions work and can navigate those and have those relationships already built. Just to recap, where can our listeners find you? You can find me on Facebook as The Girl with the Penny Book. You can also find me on Instagram at girl.pennybook. And then my website, thejamia.com, where there is information on financial counseling as well as financial education. If there are any parents who are interested in having a lesson on money for their kids, you can reach out. I can do virtual visits with your homeschool group and talk to your students about money. 
That's awesome. And I will be reaching out for you to talk to my homeschool students about money. Awesome. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for chatting with me today. It has been fun and you have taught me a lot. So I know our listeners will learn a lot from this chat. So thank you very much for joining me today. My pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. Wow, y'all. I have learned so much about better management of money throughout this chat with Jamia. She gave so many practical tips that we can use with our kids and with ourselves. One of the key takeaways was that there is no age that's too young to at least start having the conversation about money and how you can even teach your kids about money management in the grocery store or tell them about what you're doing at the bank. What I really, really enjoyed was that she gave a lot of tips that can be used not just for little kids, but also up through our college age kids or young adults that we can start teaching them and continue to have those conversations about money that it becomes a part of who you are instead of just something that's a chore. So hopefully Jamia will come back later and teach us about some other topics that have to do with financial matters. And we are certainly excited about that. On next week's show, we will be talking to Shayla. She is a homeschool counselor. So I'm not sure if you remember having a counselor in high school who helped you with things like preparing for college or for life after high school, but Shayla is a phenomenal resource to help us with all of those things that we don't typically think about in our everyday homeschool. So tune in next week as we talk with Shayla, the homeschool counselor. You've been listening to Melanated Homeschoology. Tune in every Saturday at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time as we talk about all things homeschooling, parenting, and creating the life for your family that you've always envisioned.